a wealthy farmer had owned a lot of land and built a new barn on his property every time his wife had a baby. He named each barn after each of his friends. And by the time this story takes place, they had six kids and were expecting number seven. But the farmer's wife died in childbirth, and so did the unborn baby. The farmer went insane with his grief. They say the farmer in his madness took an axe one night and led his children out to the barns, one by one, and murdered them. He buried their bodies in the seventh barn. It was in the seventh barn the farmer hung himself. Eventually, as the story goes, all barns were torn down and the land was sold off. All except for number seven. Nobody would buy the land because of what happened there. And if nobody would have bought the land, what would happen? It was abandoned and soon fell into despair. No one was ever really sure where the seventh bar was located. It was definitely Ohio in 1997. And a Ohio teacher claimed he had found the infamous barn relocation. The teacher pinpointed the location because barns and neighborhood properties all named plots on their doors with the name. With names of children engraved on them, the teacher and his son set out at night to visit the barn, hoping to capture some paranormal activity on video. The next morning, the teacher's wife reported her husband and son missing. Police found their abandoned car by the roadside. While searching the area, they entered a barn in a nearby field and found the dead bodies of a teacher and his son hanging from rafters. Welcome back, everyone, to the Scary Night Podcast. I am so, so my mo. Oh my God, I am so sorry. I, well, I, I forgot that, um, you know, today... Today was um, a Friday, and I fully missed yesterday's extremely cool story. So, um, I started the video off by um doing a quickie. Um, and now we're gonna have the main story, nicknamed Why. Now, again, I am so sorry about this. So, thank you, everyone. Have a beautiful week. Enjoy the story. I teach 7th grade. I'm only 5'3", so most of the kids are bigger than me. A lot of boys are really bigger than me. I break up boy fights, no problem. You can usually just step in the middle of those and yell really loud and they'll back off from each other. Girl fights, I just walk away from them and call back for backup because girls are fucking crazy. They don't have the upper body strength to actually throw up on them. They kick and prowl around. They're like fair cats. The absolute worst fight in my class wasn't even a fight. I had a kid in my class who was a legit sociopath. The kids were reading a play out loud and started bickering. One kid asked, who's supposed to be reading now? And another asked, your mom. The kid who asked the question stood up, picked up the other boy, threw him on the ground, and started stomping on his head. I thought the kid was dead. The entire class was in shock. I rushed over to the stomper and went to grab his arm. I stuck his hand out. My blood ran cold. I was afraid to touch him. He was so still and cold, emotionless, and creepy. I decided to have him come with me. We need to call 911. He started walking 
calmly down to the office. I was so afraid to leave him alone. And all I wanted to do was run to the phone as fast as possible. As he was walking at a leisurely pace, like he didn't hear, have a care in the world, I got to the office and the secretary called 911 now. Had trauma in my room. And they just took look at me like I'm crazy because they thought the boy I had. I had trauma, so the secretary went to Sombra and says, hmm, him? What happened? He looks fine. I say, nope. He's the attacker. He stomped on someone's head, and the look on the secretary's face, and they realized what was going on was horrifying. <laughs> Everyone loves the first day of school, right? New Year's, new classes, new friends. It's a day full of potential, and hope before all the dairy. Depressions of reality show up to ruin all the fun. I like the first day of school for a different reason. Though you see I have a sort of power when I look at people. I can sense a sort of aura around them. A colored outline based on how long that person has to live. Most everyone I, I meet around my age is surrounded by a solid green who, which means they have plenty of time left. A fair amount of them have yellow or or orange is ting to the arias, which tend to mean a car crash or some other tragedy. The real fun is when the arias venture into the red end of the spectrum. Though every now and then, I will see someone who basically is walking a stoplight. Those are the ones who get murdered or kill themselves. It's such a rush to see them and no time is numbered. With that in mind, I always get to class very early so I can get out the first cla- classmate's fate. The first kid who walked in was basically radiant red. I chuckled to myself, too damn bad, bro. But as people kept walking in, they all had the same glow. I finally got a glimpse of my rose, tinted reflection in the window, but I was too stubborn to ever look at him again. Everyone, I want to remind you, this is the ultimate book day. I, I This is in apologies, so I want to... As you sit back, this is going to be a long, long, long episode. So, sit back and enjoy. I live in Osaka, Japan, and often use the subway to go work in the morning. One day when I was waiting for the train, I noticed a homeless man standing in the corner of the subway. Station... um, muttering to himself as people passed by. He was holding out a cup and seemed to be begging for spare change. A fat woman passed by the homeless and I distinctly heard him say, Pig! Wow, I thought to myself, this homeless man is insulting people and so it's best to give him money. That it's all businessman while buying a mother human. Human? I couldn't agree with that. Obviously, he was human. The next day, I arrived early at the subway station. I had some time to kill, so I decided to stand close to the homeless man. It wasn't a strange butter. A thin haired looking man. I heard the homeless guy say, Cow. Cow. I thought the man was too much too skinny to be a cow. More like a turkey or chicken to me. A minute or so, a fat man went by, and, and the homeless man said, Potato. I was under the impression of that people called him fat people pig. That day at work, I couldn't think about the homeless man puzzling behavior. I could try to figure out some logic or pattern in his memory. Perhaps he said some psychic about thought maybe he knows what people were in a previous life in Japan. 
I observed the homeless man many times to begin to think my theory was right. I often heard him calling rabbit, onion, sheep, or tomato. One day, curiosity got the better of me and I said as it was going on. As I walked up to him, he looked at me and said, bread. I tossed the money in a cup and asked if he got some psychic ability. The homeless man smiled and said, yes, indeed, I do have a psychic ability. I'm 10 years old, but it's not what you might expect. I can't tell future or read minds or anything like that. And then what is it? The, the ability is merely to know the last thing somebody ate, he said. I laughed because he was right. He said bread. The last thing I had eaten for breakfast was toast. I walked over shaking all my physical. But that one of us, did you notice the horror of the story? I breathed a sigh of relief. Oh, when I was called and the people in charge, I told me that my primary objective was to secure information on how humanity could get to heaven. With that sort of anything else, I gathered was a bonus. Are you going to go to heaven too? Since you were created by God, I asked. I could, but I won't, he replied. Why? Because I committed the most the sin I did something only God was supposed to do. What's that? I tried to create angels. They didn't work out. My angel made in my image, so I guess I'm all to blame. All they do is cause suffering and destruction. So God said they got to go to hell to suffer for eternity. You mean demons? Yes. I guess I do. I couldn't go to heaven. Not while my creations were suffering. So I decided that when the time came, I would travel to hell and suffer with them. We had our 17-year-month-old um, foster son for, like, what, two weeks, two months at that point? He sounds great. We were, talk we were talking 12-plus hours per night with two 90-minute naps a day. He was so awesome. We were thrilled. However, after a visit with his mom, he woke up at 3 a.m. screeching as if he was on fire. I, I never heard a sound like that, and I jumped out of bed, raced through my house, and nearly pissed myself as I ran. I got it to twenty to him, and he was barely awake, but still screeching. It took twenty minutes to get him back down. He was sweaty and shaking and nodding all over the place. I did not go back to sleep that night. Watched him like a hawk over the camera app on my phone. But it never happened again. But once was enough. Scary Night Podcast. I teach seventh grade. I'm only five point three. I'm always five point three. I have a similar story. Well, not in the way, but in the afterlife sense. Between the ages of two and six, my son would tell me the same story of how he picked me to be his mother. He said something about being with a man in a suit and picking a mother that would help me accomplish his soul mission. I'm I, I'm atheist. We didn't discuss spirituality at that point. Nor was he raised in any sort of religious environment. The way he described it was similar to grocery shopping. That he was in his bright room with people who were lined up like dolls. And he picked me. The man, the man in the suit asked him if he was sure. He replied that he was. And then he was born. My son also had an early fascination with World War II airplanes. 
He oh, he could identify them on their parts what region they were used in and the like. I still have no idea where he got that information. I'm a science gal. His dad is a math guy. We have always called him Grandpa because of his peaceful and generally demeanor. This kid seriously has an old soul. When I was a child, ten years old, we lived in the in the north shore of of Shushwank Lake in BC. It was in very rural, with a population of four hundred spread out over ten miles of a beach from farms farms up in the hills. No town, just a store, a post office, and an old Indian trail that wound through the forest for perhaps a half mile near where I lived. We played on the trail all the time. One afternoon, my family, mother. Father, brother, myself, and a friend went for a walk along the trail. My friend and I ran ahead of the po- one at one point out of sight of everyone. We stopped and were looking around and off in the forest was a man, a slumped over, falling rotten along with chickens pecking around him. I could still feel, and I'm taking 50 years in my past, the adrenaline blasting up my back as figure lifted its head and looked at us with an empty, packed, packed eyes. We screamed as both of us saw it and ran back to the adults. My parents came to the spot was the only rotting log was there. To this day, I would not dare to walk that path by myself. <sighs> Haven't told this one in a while. I was young, five or five or seven, somewhere in there. I was sleeping in between my parents for whatever reason. I woke up. I remember the clock reading around 4 a.m. There was something standing by the window looking onto the front yard. It looked like a man in a brow wool robe, about 6'4 or something. It started to stir and sat up in bed, and the thing turned extreme and looked at me. Dear God, that face is extremely pale, white skin, lots of really pronounced wrinkles, and the face drooped like it was melting. Down to a really pointy chin, almost similar to a screen mask with all the features of a living being. Its mouth was hanging open, its eyes were wide, almost like it was worried or frightening. It kept a gaze on me while I moved away from the window in front of the bed and out the open bedroom door. The second it exited the room, the lights turned on on their own. Up on either side of my me, breathing heavily, they both just woken up from a nightmare. To be clear, I was fully able to move during this. I don't think it was a sleep process, but I don't. But I'm not sure what it could have been, other than the kind of demon or really fucking ugly ghost. I never seen a synthetic and still picture clear as day. The Scary Night Podcast. Everyone, thank you so much. This is a different type of episode. I'm going to be running my episodes a lot differently now. As I got a brand new mic and I'm working super duper hard around the clock to get things set up for you guys. Thank you, everyone, and have a beautiful week.